Is that a Festivus poll, or are you just that excited to talk about your boy? Yeah, I might be ready to get swifty with it. Is that what you call it when you're rocking the Uncle Luke and it's not anybody's birthday? What are you talking about, man? We're ce- we're celebrating the birth of our dynasty savior. Happy DeAndre Swift, Miss Motherfucker. Welcome to Nine Guys Dynasty Football. I am Jamie G. Esquire, the fifth, dressed to impress, and master of the draft. We need to just settle this once and for all. We need to have a draft. That's right, I said it. As usual, I'm here with my guy, Magnum Mills, to talk about the dynasty value of nine guys in a row. I am Magnum Mills, and I too enjoy drafts of all kinds. Thank you for checking out Nine Guys Dynasty, presented by Season Gap Fantasy Football. Find us wherever you get your pods. Find us on social media at Season Gap FF, and you can find us on YouTube. If you could, please remember the flaps. Follow, like, and please subscribe. Helps people find the show. We appreciate it. Thank you very much. Mills, the 2023 draft is in the books. But before we dive into the rookies, let's talk about nine of the veterans who were most impacted by the draft. Where should we start? With good news or bad news? Uh, I guess we should pay our respects to the dearly departed. To the dearly departed. First up here is Tennessee Titans quarterback Malik Willis. The 2022 third-round pick turns 24 in May. He has three years left on his rookie deal. He is pretty much guaranteed to be the QB3 on the Titans if he remains there. Look, I mean, this is a really raw prospect who was forced into action way too early. I don't want to call him dead yet. I think it's more of a Monty Python thing. He's not quite dead yet. So if you're a rebuilding team in a super flex league, I don't mind trying to buy him for like a random third or something like that. Pretty much in the hopes that he gets traded to another team that's willing to try to be patient and develop him. I think that's really his only path to relevance here. He needs time before he gets in there to help you out at all, but he does have that rushing upside that we want in our fantasy quarterbacks. The arm's not bad. He just probably needs, again, another year or two of seasoning. See if it happens. I don't know. In Superflex, again, when you're kind of at the back of the third round this year, I don't think you're looking at a lot of great prospects, so maybe you take a chance on Willis. Just pray that he gets traded to an organization that knows how to develop him. Willis? I'm not sure what you're talking about. Mills, did anybody else pass away during draft weekend? Our number two guy, Tyler Algier, he might be officially dead, you know, all the way dead. Uh, The 2022 fifth round pick turned 23 in April. He has three seasons left on his rookie deal. And sorry to say it, but he is now just a glorified handcuff to Bijan Robinson. Cordell Patterson should stick around. He'll handle the stuff in the return game and steal pretty much any leftover targets that Robinson isn't getting. That leaves Algier with some work, but it's just going to be the early down work in between the 20s, most likely. The absolute least valuable touches for fantasy owners. In a shallow league, I wouldn't, you know, I don't want to cut him outright, but you could maybe see that happening again in a real shallow league. In moderate to deeper formats, I think your best bet is to probably just sell him to whoever the Bijan owner is. 
looks like he could be the solid handcuff for a couple of years. Maybe you can get, you know, third round pick out of it, something like that. I don't think you're going to get a lot, but look at what happened to Michael Carter last year when the Jets drafted Brees Hall. It's not worth it to wait three years for him to hit free agency in the hopes that he gets some other great job somewhere. So I would say if you have him, pretty much your only play, you know, if you got the roster space, go ahead and hold him. But otherwise, shop him to the B. John owner. I think that's all you got. Hopefully he wants a handcuff. Ooh, Tyler Algier. Won't see him no more. <laughs> Sorry, Tyler Algier. You've been Michael Cartered. Good luck with that. How about some happier news, Mills? Or at least a happy meal. I just want the toy, dude. Is that too much? And maybe some chicken nuggets? Oh, and a milkshake. Mm, I don't know. Maybe uh, James Conner's milkshake will bring all the dynasty owners to the yard? Number three is Vec James Conner. Turns 28 on May 5th. Signed through the 2024 season, Arizona can cut bait after the 2023 season with only a $3 million dead cap charge. He should see pretty much as much work as he can handle here. The touchdown equity will probably be for shit, given that I don't expect that offense to be very good. Still, if he stays healthy, always an issue for him, he could be a nice piece for contending teams, especially if he can stick around, stay healthy when Kyler Murray returns. Hopefully, Kyler Murray returns, otherwise that it might be a problem all season long. He's going to be the guy down there. They only have Keontae Ingram behind him right now. I think that they'll probably make a move, definitely on the undrafted market, but also probably bring in another veteran there. Maybe it will be a cutdowns, maybe it'll be four then. We'll see. If I'm a contender, I might be willing to buy him if I'm weak at running back. Again, it's a, it's a pretty weak draft. I wouldn't mind giving up a mid to late second round pick in one QB formats and probably an early to mid third in super flex formats. It is what it is. He could get hurt week one and you'll be cursing my name and what have you but i do think there's also a chance he could turn in a top 15 top 20 running back season and that could be useful for you i think that's just about enough edging you can go ahead and talk about the eagles running backs i know you're dying to do it jesus thank you sir i've been waiting for this one number four is deandre swift the newest philadelphia eagle turned 24 in january and he's on the last season of his rookie deal the Eagles did not target their running backs a ton last year, but I could see them changing their philosophy a bit with Swift on board. I'd assume they're acquiring him with the intent of using his skill set in the passing game. And I think they'll rotate him enough. They're not going to put him in the doghouse like Dan Campbell did, but I think they're going to put him into an optimal position to stay healthy. And that's crucial both for his production this season and for the type of deal he could get on the open market in 2024. I don't think, again, that he's going to all of a sudden double his volume from the Lions or anything like that. I don't think he's going to be the clear-cut RB1, but it's not like Rashad Penny has ever stayed healthy. If the Eagles thought that much of Kenneth Gainwell, they wouldn't have traded for Swift and brought in Penny. All that being said, I'm still pretty much buying for any 2023 second, selling for any 2024 first, more or less. It, it is what it is. You have to do a little bit of arbitrage play, especially if you own as many shares of Swift as I do. Hopefully, it's a big year for the Eagles, sets himself up well as a free agent next year, and then either returns to the Eagles or gets a nice deal somewhere else and becomes a nice, solid fantasy option for the next couple of years. Let's stay right in Philly for number five, Kenneth Gainwell. He's going into his third year, former fifth-round pick, turned 24 in March. His rookie contract runs through the 2024 season. The Eagles did turn to him a bit more as the season went on last year and did have one pretty monster game against the Giants, I believe. 
But unfortunately, his dynasty value took a big hit with the penny signing and then with the DeAndre Swift trade. He is the only Eagles running back under contract for the 2024 season right now, but I would expect that to obviously change at some point between now and then. Even if you're kind of down on game well right now, just look at Rashad Penny, look at DeAndre Swift, and then add up the number of games those guys have missed throughout their career. Not only do they miss games, they miss big chunks of games consistently, or in Swift's case, he is just limited forever, ever, forever, ever. We'll see how it goes this year, but there is a non-zero chance that at some point this season, Penny and Swift both find themselves on the injury list and Gainwell gets a chance to shine. I'm probably buying here anywhere in the realm of kind of a third or fourth, depending on the, the format, depending on the depth of the league. And I think if I own Penny or Swift, I'm definitely a little bit more motivated of a buyer here. Try to lock up that handcuff, especially a younger one with some upside on a rushing offense like Philadelphia's. The Baltimore Ravens did not draft a running back, but they certainly made some additions to their wide receiver room. Uh, what's brewing in Baltimore, Mills? I don't know what's brewing in Baltimore, man. Hopefully they don't sign Antonio Brown because, yeah, that tends not to end well. Number six is Rashad Bateman, the former first-round pick. He has two seasons and a team option left on his rookie deal. He has some real competition for targets, finally, with Odell Beckham in town and Zay Flowers being drafted in the first round. Even with the new offensive coordinator, I don't think they're all of a sudden going to become a high-volume passing offense, even if the passing volume does increase a little bit. There's still definitely some long-term upside here, but I think this is probably a reestablishment year for him. He needs to get on the field, he needs to stay healthy, and he needs to prove to the Ravens that him and Zay Flowers can be their one-two punch going forward. Look, it's been two years. I know injuries are a little bit of a luck factor or whatever, but at this point, I think I would feel comfortable selling him for a 2024 first just to check out. But I'm also still probably buying him for, say, an early to mid second in Superflex, maybe a late first in one QB leagues this year with their 2023 pick, just because I am not wild about what you're probably going to be looking at there in the end of the first round in your one quarterback formats given this rookie class. Again, let's stay in Baltimore. Number seven, Odell Beckham Jr., the former All-Pro, turns 31 in November, signed a one-year deal with Baltimore worth up to $18 million. Like That's like $10 million more than anyone else was going to give him. So they are really hoping for big things from OBJ. Again, big question here is his ability to stay on the field. It hasn't happened in years. If it does, he showed that he could be successful with the Rams. And again, that big contract, I think, dictates Baltimore views him as their wide receiver one. My guess is Lamar Jackson will do the same. He is definitely going to have some big games, some spike games. All he's got to do is stay healthy. I don't mind buying on contending teams in best ball leagues. I'm not really looking to buy him in typical formats, because I just don't know if I'm going to feel comfortable plugging him into my lineup every week, but I think you will get enough of those spike games to make him worthwhile in best ball formats, and I especially like pairing him up with Lamar Jackson if you own him, and otherwise, if you've been holding on to Beckham, you didn't really hit the jackpot, but I think at this point, I would take pretty much any early second this year, or just about any random 2024 second, move on, he's 31 years old, if he hits... 
he could hit, but I just don't see that wide receiver one upside. You know, if he turns in a wide receiver 18 to 22 season, that's fine. But I think you can get that production for someone who's younger and could gain value as he goes forward. If Beckham is about peaked here. It's hard to see him being much more valuable than he is now. I guess maybe if he kills it for eight weeks at the trade deadline, maybe you squeak out a late first for him or something, a la Michael Thomas last year. But that's about it. If you got somebody who's into him right now, I'm willing to sell sight unseen, basically just to get something for the asset. Make sure you get something. You got to have your fun with the Eagles, so it's only fair that I get some Bills time, all right? The Buffalo Bills did not trade for DeAndre Hopkins yet. Just kidding. They probably won't. And they didn't draft a ride receiver early. Instead, they traded up to make Dalton Kincaid the first tight end off the board. That's great, but now we need to figure out what we're doing with Dawson Knox. Here's a breakdown on Dawson Knox. He'll be 27 in November in the first year of his recently signed four-year extension. Uh, That ties him to the Bills for at least the next two seasons. The Bills, as I said, did take the Utah tight end Dalton Kincaid, number 25 overall, trading up two picks to do so. Now, Knox was generally ranked as a high tight end two in Dynasty, tight end 12 to tight end 15 overall. The addition of all the rookie tight ends, especially Kincaid, could definitely push him down into the tight end 20 or below range. The question everyone's asking is how will the Bills use both this year and how often will they be on the field together? I actually think that they're going to use Kincaid a lot. I, I don't think Dawson Knox, he might not get as many looks, but let's be honest, he never was one to get 10, 15 targets a game, and I don't think that's going to change. I think Dawson Kincaid can do a lot. Uh, I'm sorry, Dalton Kincaid can do a lot for them. I expect to see them both on the field at times, but I expect to see Kincaid kind of earn his way in. Are there worries about Knox's long-term future with the franchise? He does have cap hits between $14 million and $16 million in 2024 and 2026. I don't think Knox is going anywhere. He's already a better blocker than Kincaid. Kincaid is a pure, something that the Bills have really never done, and that's gone after a pure uh, receiving threat tight end. They just, they haven't done that. And I think they saw what the Chiefs have done with having an elite tight end and what other teams have done with having an elite receiving tight end. And they started taking the value off of a well-rounded tight end that can block and, you know, come up with with catches here and there and make big plays in the end zone. That's great. And they have that in Dawson Knox. But I think they said, we got to get something else here that does more. So I expect Dawson Knox to be with the team at least for this year and next. Uh, We'll see what happens, you know, 2024, 2025, I do think you'll see maybe he's the same, but the potential of what we wanted him to be goes away. I think everyone wanted him to be this great tight end that could be a a Kelsey. He's just not that. That makes a lot of sense. And I like your little Freudian slip with uh, Dalton Knox. Like you wish you could combine them together. And I guess early, uh, early clubhouse nickname for them, maybe the double D's Dawson and Dalton. Like it's, it sounds like what you would get in a roadhouse sequel. (laughs) And to put it in bowling league terms, Magnum Mills, who's running anchor for us here? Did I miss the beer frame or something? Okay. Number nine is Greg Dulcich. The Denver Broncos tight end is a 2022 third round pick who just turned 23 in March. He has three seasons left on his rookie deal. Flashed big time early in his rookie season, but definitely faded down the stretch, especially after Nathaniel Hackett was fired. 
I don't really doubt the talent, but I think his role this year is definitely up in the air way more than you think. This new coaching staff doesn't have any reason not to give Albert O a chance, and they traded for Sean Payton's boy, Adam Troutman, who I have liked before. I don't even think it's a guarantee that Dulcich is the starting tight end for the Broncos. Given how deep they are, it's entirely possible they rotate. That's another thing that Sean Payton did down in New Orleans when he didn't have a Jimmy Graham or even maybe a semi-peak Jared Cook. I think I'm a pretty motivated seller here, man. I think the odds of him being an impact tight end this season are low, and if he has a bad season, it's going to kill his value, which is falling as we speak. I think in tight end premium leagues, you can still get a decent value for him, but it's not going to be what it was a month or two ago. I think you're probably cashing out for a second, you know, maybe a a third and an older tight end or something like that. A couple of weeks ago, tight end premium, eh, maybe more like a month ago, there was a point where you could have gotten a future first for him. I think that ship has sailed. Maybe not so bad in best ball formats, but I think especially in formats where you have to set that lineup every week, I'm highly doubtful that you're going to feel good about clicking the button to put him in your lineups on a week-to-week basis this year. Again, I think the Broncos are going to be a team that just spreads it around. And unless Russell Wilson really goes nuclear, old-school Russell Wilson style, does a Drew Brees thing, I think all those players are going to struggle to put up usable fantasy points on a weekly basis. It's going to be probably pick your poison each week is my guess. And I say that as a guy who has plenty of shares of Jerry Judy and Javante Williams. I can't believe that it's already May. Nuts. Absolutely nuts. Rookie drafts are almost here and the schedule will drop before we know it. I can't wait for it. I'm totally pumped and ready for the 2023 season. We hope you are too. Thank you guys for checking out Nine Guys Dynasty presented by... Seize the gap, fantasy football. Seize the motherfucking gap. If you could, please take a few seconds, like this video on YouTube, go ahead and rate the podcast wherever you're listening. Helps other people find our show. Just remember those flaps. Mills, anything else? That pretty much covered it, man. Wherever you get your pods on social media, at Seize the Gap FF, find us on the YouTube, all that good stuff. You know, don't be dumb. Give us that thumb if you had fun. We really appreciate it. I'm Magna Mills. He's Jamie G. And that was Nine Guys Dynasty. Thanks again for checking us out. Good luck to you in your rookie drafts. Let us know how it goes. Let us know where you struggled. And don't you worry, because we'll be back soon to discuss the dynasty value of nine more guys in a row. Okay.